Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glicksman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And uh, it's game five of the NLDS, which presumably the playoffs continued after the Brewers uh, refused to play offense for three games. And <laughs> They have continued, yeah. yeah. Although I, I was, I was going to say, you know, depending on the result tonight, we may have the same level of sort of casual interest, and that's about it, because... Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are not my favorite team. I'm a Cubs fan. I'm not going to change ships in the middle of the train or anything, but I do like the Dodgers. And, but you and, are going to uh, change metaphors in the middle. I am. I am. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> you got it. You're with me. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, can you really change ships? I don't know. Is that even possible? Um, I mean, I guess you could. You'd have to swim. and It, it might be some work. Uh, so whatever. I'm not going to do it. See, yeah. that's why I didn't know the metaphor. Um, but you know, the, the Dodgers are my rooting interest and if they don't advance then it's going to be kind of like a, well, you know, like nobody in that I really hate, nobody in that I really like. So just, you know, I'll keep tabs on it, but that's about it. Yeah. I, despite the Brewers losing, I, I still think I'm just going to root for whoever the NL team is. Um, I guess I probably will too. I mean, I these don't know. are not, I, not, you know, the Braves and the Giants are not my teams. Um, no, I've no. always, you know, when the Brewers were an AL team, I've always had a soft spot for the Dodgers because uh, yeah, we would get right. the Dodger games growing up Me on too. the radio. Me but, too. I mean, our I think our our Dodger fandom is kind of born from the same the same place because yeah, the Dodgers were you know uh, they were the local team on the radio back before the Diamondbacks and. They had all the great prospects that would come with the Albuquerque Dukes and play in Tucson. And so, yeah, I mean, even though I, I number one is the Cubs, I've always been a bit of a Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Giants fan. And maybe that goes along with liking the Dodgers. It's tough to like both. Um, I do like the Braves. Braves are similar because, you know, TBS back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> you got the Braves all the time. And so, like, yeah, you know, and they were good. And so I wouldn't mind seeing them win at all, but yeah, if, the, if it's the Giants, I don't, I don't know. Is the Giants against the Astros or Red Sox? I, I mean, I'll, I'll have the games on when there's nothing else on, but I don't know who I'd actually root for. Yeah, I'm, the the AL went exactly the opposite of how I had hoped. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and I, uh, I hate Larusa, but I do right, like the too. White Sox. Um, I think Larusa gets way too much credit now for. Well, he just wants to unify the team, and if it's against him, that's fine. It's like, this is right. not a movie. It, right. If they all hate him, they all hate him. If, I agree. If they all love him, and, they all and, love him, but they're going to play hard either way. Exactly, and they, they are a talented team in a pretty bad division this year. Like, I'm not I'm not sure that if, I mean, who'd they have before? It was Rick Renteria, right? Mm-hmm. Not who they got rid of? Yeah. Um, like, I think they would have had the exact same result this year if they kept him. They would have won the division. They probably would have been bounced in the first round. I don't. I don't necessarily look at this as oh, the Tony Larusa hire worked out. Like they made the playoffs last year, and you know I know last year was weird and short year and all that, but you know it's not like they went from nothing to something. They were already pretty good. Yeah. Um. And I, and I think that the that the Braves are very talented and and they've they've done a really good job managing you know, Acuna going down and yeah, they... yeah, a bad start, you know, I mean, they're lucky their division kept a minute. Uh, you know, the Mets had a chance to seemingly run away with it around mid season and, and did not did just the opposite. 
but yeah, credit to the Braves. I mean, they hung in there and, and you know what they were, weren't they under 500 in July? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and came back and finished strong, you know, beat the Phillies head to head a lot down the stretch and, and earned the division. And yeah, I mean, they, uh, now back in the LCS for the second straight year. So credit to them and, and without their best player, or at least one of their best players, I guess. Yeah. Um, but overall, I, I think it's, you know, the three, three series have ended and, and the team I was rooting for has lost each one. So, <laughs> well, then yeah, maybe you should root for the giants tonight. I don't know. But reverse yeah. psychology, like Celtic pride yeah. where you're, you know, wear the jazz gear, see yeah. if you're the jinx type of thing. Yeah. I'm the bad luck guy. We're the bad luck guys. But it's all right. It's yeah. it's still yeah. postseason baseball. It's still it fun. Is. It is. No, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. You know, hey, a game five between the two best teams all year is it's good for drama. No doubt about that. And we'll see. You know, I mean, the Giants have had an answer all year when it felt like, you know, the Dodgers were coming for them. We talked about it, I think, a couple weeks ago, not on recording, but, you know. Dodgers went 17 and four down the stretch and gained one game. Uh, you know, so, I mean, the, the Giants have been able to hold them off all year and see if they can do it one more time, I guess. Yeah. Well, let's pivot now to talk about uh, ASU football because yeah. regular season college football is the same as the first round of the Major League Baseball playoffs. I mean, for me, it kind of is. Probably, yeah. probably more so, to be honest. You know, there's that, there's that feeling of, I mean, that is something about college football that, you know, every game feels like your season hangs in the balance. And it's felt that way the last couple of weeks, and we've won them, and here, here we got another one. Yeah, so as we talked about over the weekend, big win over Stanford, uh, backing up a big win over UCLA, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. backing Playing up a win over Colorado. No um, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely the, uh, the second – third or the second quarter of the season much better results much better play than the first quarter mm-hmm. uh, you know two and one to three and oh doesn't look that much different on paper but the way we got to those results was a much better team um and now we play to open the second half of the season the most likely challenger to the south crown i, mean, I, think. I think yeah I, I think the winner of this game certainly emerges as a heavy favorite. You know, it's not done. I mean, you know, the Utah's Utah's already had their bye week, I think, right? So mm-hmm. they've got, you know, six more games after this. We have five. So it's by no means is it like, oh, winner of this game, just book your tickets to Vegas. You know, it, there's upsets there and, and games out of division. But when you look at Arizona struggling, Colorado struggling, and that's being generous to say those two teams are struggling. Um, USC certainly does not look good and we already beat UCLA. Now, I mean, you can't rule them out, you know, if they beat Utah and you end up in a three-way tie situation or something like that, but boy, if we can beat Utah, I mean, that's a, that's a big leg up going into those last five games. Well, it puts you, and we, we touched on this a little bit, but it puts you at a, an effective two game lead on both those schools and they have to play each other. So it's a three game lead on one of them. Right. On one, USC's already got three conference losses. Yeah. Um, you know, now two of those, I believe, are out of division. So, you yeah. know, hit tiebreakers and the like still. But but there are only boys, six yeah. conference games left. I was going to so. – and, and if you really see that USC is going to win out, like you're, you are really optimistic as a USC fan. 
because they are just not good. I, I, you know, they've they've uh, they've shown who they are and who they aren't. I think, and they're just not very good. So, like, they've got three, and if you really think they're going to finish six and three, I don't think so. So, yeah, I mean, it feels like it's it's ASU, Utah, UCLA, mm-hmm. barring something really unforeseen. One of those three is going to be in the in the title game and mm-hmm. having head to head you know, locked up if, if we can win, and that's not, not a guarantee by any means, but if we can win, having head to head locked up with, you know, six weeks left in the season is sure a nice place to be in. Indications appear to be that, uh, Chase Lucas will play and that Michael Mattis will play. Has Lucas practiced? Did they say? I thought he, I thought he did. I thought that Herm said he expected him to play. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get cautious with Herm injury updates because I believe he said that about Traynham before the BYU game, and then he missed two more games. Yeah. So I'm starting to like, yeah, uh, you know, but that'd be good if true. Um, yeah, I, I guess I hadn't thought about that until you said it, but he, you know, <laughs> I just we... remember uh, Traynham will be back this week, and uh, he, he wasn't. And then he wasn't back the next week either. Well, and then we didn't, you know, didn't we also? not know that Johnny Wilson wasn't going to play until right. he didn't until game dress. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I think Herm is starting to, he's starting to become a college coach. That's, you know, college coaches figure out they don't have to share injury details. It's not the NFL. There's no injury report. There's no official designations. They can just clam up and you can, you know, just figure it out on Saturday. Who's going to play basically. Yeah, that's true. Unless, of course, your practice facilities overseen by a public building and an, and an uh, entrepreneurial college yeah. reporter from the OU Daily uh, goes it. and watches. Loved at, it. I don't know. I mean, we could get us. We could do an aside on that right now. I I thought that was great. I I part. want to do an aside on this. It, it was okay. an odd week for sports journalism, but that was the the best story because yes. because what I love is. He refused to tip his hand about who the starter was. So the OU paper knows that the journalism school overlooks the practice facility or whatever. I think it was in the journalism school, though, from one of those things I saw. So they went up there, and and as they put in the story, like, no one from the athletic department said don't, and it's a publicly available building. So they went, and they said, hey, look, Spencer Rattler's running with the twos now. Right, right. I mean, that's that's journalism. You're supposed to not take no for an answer, and and work at it. I mean, well, that, and, that's and the what, thing is, the you know, the story which you, as as I'm sure you feel the same as me, they wrote the story the right way. The yeah. the this team's not going to talk about it. Okay, well, we're going right. to go try to report it, and then we're going to call right. Spencer Rattler's dad. And they got Rattler's dad, exactly, yeah. I mean, good, good, you know, enterprising there to get a get a comment from him and what, what they're thinking, and yeah, I mean, look, it's it's not, you know, I, I know that a lot of people now, and, and it's because of the way sports journalism has gotten, a lot of people now believe that, you know, you're supposed to be part of the team, and that the Oklahoma student newspaper should be you know, on the side of the Oklahoma football team and not, not tip their hand as to, no, that's not what it's supposed to be. The state press should not be rooting for Arizona State. Yeah, They shouldn't be. Yeah, I went. To, I mean, I worked the state press and, you know, certainly, I, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest when I sat, in, you know, in the press box, I would, you know, I wanted us to win, but I shouldn't be up there cheering. I shouldn't be wearing Arizona State gear. 
you know, I, no, I your, this, I your think, job you is know? to report. And, and one of the things yeah. that you and I t- have talked about at length is the risk of reporting now is, well, we'll just cut off your access. Right. Okay. If, if that, that was what happened, they cut off it their is. access anyway, and they wrote yeah. this story. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the one thing I read, and I can't remember where I read it, might've been in the athletic. Um, and if you read it, you could tell me if you know the source, somebody even said, you know, they, they were more than right to do what they did. The one thing they could have done was not explain the process. Yeah. Man, I mean, like it's not, it's not up to a reporter to say how they found out the news. You yeah. just say, we have, you know, we observed practice and we saw this, you know, to say we observed practice from a neighboring building that looks over there. Like, you know, that's, that's not, that's not incumbent upon them to say that. Um, but I, I also I appreciate the honesty, you know, well, but and, and for me, the re I like it because practice is closed. You yeah. put out that story. Then Lincoln Riley comes out and says, well, that's not true. Yeah, true. You I know, suppose you're right. So you Maybe. come out and you say, we watched from here and right. this is what right. we saw. Right. Now, right. of course, I mean, they it's... went and, and grayed out those windows, I guess. Um, yeah <laughs> i mean it's you know one of the things that crossed my mind when i heard all this was maybe we now know why lincoln riley hasn't jumped at the chance to go coach the nfl is you can't do stuff like that in the nfl you can't just shut down media because you're unhappy yeah. you know i mean there's a different like college coaches this is i think what we're learning with urban meyer and the whole staying in columbus and go you know I think Urban Meyer is used to being, I mean, say what you want about Urban Meyer's character, and there's a lot to be said, probably all of it true, but Urban Meyer is used to being God, because mm-hmm. at Ohio State, he was God. At Florida, he was God. The football coach is the biggest thing going, and when you're an NFL coach, that's not really the case. you got an owner, you got star players, maybe you got a big-name GM. Well, you're, you know, when you're, when you're the head football coach, you're the highest paid person in the state. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not the highest paid person, even in the organization, in the state. Right. In the state. And, and, you know, the president of the university rarely is that famous, rarely is that well known. Maybe they are, but generally not. Not if the football coach is that good. (laughs) No. And, and, you know, your players, as good as they are, they come and go. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Nick Saban is the man at Alabama, not a starting quarterback. Tua was a transcendent figure, but now he's gone. Mm-hmm. Trevor Lawrence was a transcendent figure. Now he's gone. You know, I mean, and that, so that's why Nick Saban and Dabo and Urban Meyer, when he was at a college coach, and, and Lincoln Riley is that. He is the man at Oklahoma. He is God. And he gets to say, you don't get to see my practice, and I'm just going to cancel media availability. You know, you know, he would take the Cowboys job, as has been rumored in the past. Can't do that. Then the organization gets fined, and you get fined, and that's not how it is. So that was just a little interesting wrinkle that I thought of as I heard this, because this isn't the first time old Lincoln has uh, shut down media access and kind of gotten very, you know, like he's protecting the nuclear launch codes because he doesn't want to say something about what's happening in football practice. And that's a different beast at the next level. Well, and I also, uh, to, to harken back to old Herm, yeah. If you can't win because the other team knows who's going to be playing quarterback, this the right. system didn't change. It's the same no, exactly. it's basically exactly. the same quarterback. It's going to be yeah. Yeah. And and do you really think that TCU isn't preparing for both? 
Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like they're they're not dumb. Gary Patterson's been a coach for a long time. He's one of the longest tenured head coaches in in college football now. Uh, you know, he's preparing for both. He's also not dumb. He probably watched film of the game last week and mm-hmm. saw what you did. Like, I mean, I know Saban did this. You know, what three years ago after he puts Tua in the championship game and they win, and then the whole offseason. Uh, well, we're not sure. Like, everybody's pretty sure you're going to go with Tua. You, you in the moment when the heat was on, you went with Tua over the experienced guy. You're going to go with Tua unless he, <laughs> unless he, like, yeah, exactly. It worked. And so did this. So, you know, like, I mean, if he, if he doesn't go with Caleb Williams, it'd be like, what are you doing? You went with him when the heat was on. He performed. Why would you not go with him this time? Uh, you know, so, yeah. I mean, it, it's, I thought it was great. I, and, you know, I thought it, I, I thought it was good enterprising reporting, and I think, you know, it's it's what reporting is supposed to be. I don't think reporters should be out to get the subjects they cover. I don't think that, but I also don't think they should be out to protect them. Well, that's the it, thing it is, you're not, not be, you know, well, you're not a PR guy. Not. No, right, exactly. Oklahoma PR is out to protect them. Oklahoma student media should not be, but too often over the last few decades recent years especially that line is blurred and and team media has become almost everything it feels like mm-hmm. yeah it's it's exceedingly frustrating to yes. watch how it how it changes because there's no like look i think we're better off that the reporters aren't getting drunk with the players uh right. after nfl games and right you know right and then not reporting on stuff because of that. But at least they knew things. Right. You know, right. now yeah. now you and I, and I think it is laudable, but we're we're having to parse through the things Haller says and doesn't say and implies. Right, right. To find out the nuggets. Because yeah. he can't yeah. come out and say this. So it's a lot of, I wouldn't be surprised if this. Right, <laughs> right, right. I mean, yeah, how many times have we, read a Doug Haller story the last couple of years and been like, well, he probably knows something because he's talking about this guy playing more, this guy falling out of favor. And are we going to see much of this guy? It's like, well, wait a minute. I, I thought we were, but he must know something, uh, you know, and nine times out of 10, he does. You get those little hints and it's like, oh, well, now that guy's been suspended mm-hmm. or he's no longer on the roster or he's hurt for the year or something, but he, he knows it days in advance but can't say it and you know yeah i mean it, you know we can we could and have talked sports media for hours on end uh, but yeah that was a that was an interesting little subplot and 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 you know going back to how we started on this with her i do feel like and maybe it's the ncaa investigation i don't know maybe it's her feeling like this is my last year here anyway so screw it he's he's gotten more secretive this year than he was the previous three yeah, I think you're right. But last year's tough to judge because there was so little media access. Yeah. So I guess, and it was such a short season and all of that. But but certainly 18 and 19, it was more like, hey, here's the deal, you know, open book. And this year does not feel that way. Yeah. Hey, look, I think that even without a full complement of guys, the defense has shown that next man up mentality is is true for them you know we're on our we're in our mid-tier defensive line we've played an awful lot of eric gentry at linebacker who's been really good yeah so good you know 
and he's not that big. No, he, you know, he's no, he's tall, I mean, but he's tall. he's thin. <laughs> right. He's skinny. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you get the. He's one of those guys that you hope the, the progression line goes the way you, you you know you hope. I guess to say you mm-hmm. know to to use the same term like because boy, if he's this is a freshman and he gets incrementally better by his junior year, you know, he looks like an all conference type of guy. Yeah. Now we've seen exceptions to that. Some mm-hmm. of them are on the current roster. Some of them are um, the and, Big you know, Twelve preseason conference player. Right, there. right. We've seen them in other sports, and yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so it doesn't always go that way. You don't always go from point A to point B to point C. Um, sometimes you go from point A to, you know, under point A. Um, so we'll see. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but he's been really good. I mean, he made. One of the biggest plays of the year, that fourth down stop, in, you know, in in uh, L.A. against UCLA, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, I mean, we've we've shown good depth. Which credit to you know the coaches who recruited these guys, and they said it. We heard it all off season. You and I talked about it. Like this is the most depth we've had at you know secondary, defensive line, offensive line, and it's been tested. Not so much on the offensive line, yeah, not wood. Um, but certainly defensive line and secondary, it has been tested and they've answered the bell so far. Well, and this is the other thing that, you know, we heard so much about, about having to get guys who, you know, look good coming off the bus. When you recruit guys who are already big physical guys, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then it's a lot easier for them to step in. If Gentry was, you know, a normal college freshman, Yeah, that's not the same. But he's already six six and two forty, right, right. and you know, I mean, it does matter. You know, like it, you can. I mean, we've got numerous examples of exceptions. You know, your Taylor Kelly's mm-hmm. versus your Vontez Burfecks, and Vontez Burfecks looked, you know, coming off the bus, he looked like a stud, and he wasn't always. And Taylor Kelly, you know, if you didn't know better, you'd think Taylor Kelly was a you know student manager probably most of the time he got off the bus but he was a really good starting quarterback. But, you know, nine times out of 10, you want the physically imposing guys. The, the guys we saw up close and personal at Alabama, you know, or, or with Alabama when we were in Florida, you know, and we, we both commented like guys team is just so big at every spot. And, and they just, they wow you. And, you know, that's why they win so many games. Other reasons too. They're well coached, you know, but but man, the, the talent disparity they have most times is too much to overcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's really quite something. the The job they've done, you know, the, there's been a vision uh, from Luganville and yeah. Pierce and Herm. We're gonna get bigger. We're gonna look the part. Yeah. And, and yeah. now in the in the put up or shut up year. We looked the part. Yeah, I, we do. and we you do. know, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen with Utah, but but we looked the part. We do, we do, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it still feels that way. It still feels like it's put up or shut up year. I, you know, as you're saying that, I'm thinking, and you know, it's unfortunate that it feels like we're not going to probably be able to see this really, you know, unfold over multiple years like we hoped. Um, that's what it is. We'll see. You know, who knows? Maybe, maybe we're overstating how bad it's going to get. But uh, you know, the the next six games will tell the tale, and hopefully, there's maybe you know two after that. You're playing the you know Pac-12, and, and then who knows? Rose Bowl. That would be ideal. Well, no, 
idea would be you play three after that as you make the playoffs. Yeah. Probably not going to need but, some know, help. Gonna need you're going to need help. a little bit of help, and it's unlikely, I realize. But, you know, hey, if we're talking ideal, that's ideal. Close mm-hmm. to ideal would be win the Pac-12 title game and you go to the Rose Bowl, and, you, you know, you, you can feel like that would really that would really mean something to this to this program. I mean, it's been twice in, what, 40-plus years being in the conference. So, you know, it would it would be a big moment if we could get there. And, you know, gosh, the road is is there for it. There's no USC circa 2005 or Oregon circa 2012 or even a Stanford, you know, as of the last decade or somebody sitting in our way where it's like, well, we could do it. But, boy, we got to get past this behemoth. No. There's not a behemoth. I mean, Oregon was in the top five in the country, but they're not a top five team. That's been proven, I think. Well, uh, and I think know. the I, I think the the lesson here is, uh, if we are building, and we ha- are still not at the peak, we could yeah. be that team. We could be the team where it's like, wow, if you're gonna get there, you're gonna have to get through. I know ASU, I know. but yeah, but the but the fear I have, <laughs> and, and I think. I'm not alone in ASU fandom with this. Yeah. Is I keep waiting for our head to bump into the ceiling. I keep waiting for it to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, nope. That's your, you, this is how good you are. You are not better than this. I really, I mean, I hate to make too much of one game coming up. It's just one game, but I really believe this one game will tell us a lot because it's a, it's a good opponent that's playing better than they were at the start of the year. You know, too bad we didn't get them a month ago, but that's the way it goes. On the road. Uh, they had their, it's on the road, you know, in a state and a similar environment that we already struggled in. Um, you know, it's going to be loud. It's late at night. Uh, you know, they had their best performance of the year last week. So they're, they're feeling good. Um, and, and, you know, it's a game that you feel like, okay, if you're going to be that, what you just said, that best team in the conference, you go win it. Mm-hmm. Because those teams I just mentioned, the you know the Mariota Oregon teams and the Andrew Luck Stanford teams and the you know Pete Carroll run at USC, they won those games. Mm-hmm. They they would go into hostile environments in the conference and they might they might get challenged, mm-hmm. but at the end of the game they'd win most of them. And and you know that's that's where we're at now. It's like if you're going to be the best team, you got to win this game. Yeah, if it look. It, this is going to be, I think, us getting Utah's best punch. Yeah. Uh, you know? Yeah. But I think we've shown that we have enough talent to win lining up across from them, everything being equal. I think we're the more talented program. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. And we certainly th- have the you know experience advantage at key positions, most, most of all quarterback. And, and they're, it, they're starting a guy who's going to make his, what, third career start? Something like that? So we got a three-year starter. So. If that's the case, then we should win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I can pick it. I, I have been thinking about this most of the time to let you in behind the curtain of what I do. <laughs> is I look at the game. Yeah. I look at ESPN's projection, and then I usually break all ties in favor of ASU winning. Okay, okay. 
today, I, I pulled up the ESPN projection. It yeah. gives Utah a slightly better than 50-50 chance to beat us. And I say to myself, do I think at Rice Eccles we get every break and every benefit of the doubt that I usually give us? Yeah, I, probably not. I don't think so. Probably not. But, but I see that's the that's the thing. A great team doesn't need every break. Yeah. You know, that's the, I mean, you know, I remember I'm going to go back, you know, I remember watching Mariota with Oregon. They'd have remember the game they played down here that Thursday night. We come out, we you know, we we force a fumble on their first possession. We score a touchdown on the first play. The crowd's loud. They're going crazy, and then they hit us with forty three unanswered points. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's that's a great team. They you know they didn't get the breaks to start out, and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think we're gonna have that kind of game. I don't think we're that good as those teams. But still, like that's a perfect example of like, no, you're right. We probably won't get every bounce and every break in our favor, but we shouldn't need it. If we're the type of team that I think we are, we shouldn't need it. So I'm picking us to win. Okay. I'm I'm saying twenty one to twenty. I think okay. I think they <laughs> score four times to our three. Yeah. And yeah. I and I didn't want to I, I thought about, you know, well, maybe I'll make it like twenty four twenty, give us a little <laughs> but I, I don't yeah. know that I trust Zendejas. Yeah. This version yeah. of Zendejas to do it because no, he's been fine, but he's not been okay. He's been yeah. I mean, it feels think, shaky, you know, doesn't it? It, it just... does. I I think for the rest of this season, we're looking at you know if we can get zero sum neutral on our special teams. Okay, you know mm-hmm. we just we we just wanted to not be negative. You know, make the make the extra points, make the short field goals. Don't give up long returns or, or you know, uh, erase long returns with penalties or the like, you know, like, and and the kicking game feels like a perfect, you know, symbol of that. Like, just just do a, a serviceable job. We're not going to put you out there for a 52-yarder because you don't have that in you. But mm-hmm. if you can make the 30-yarder, okay. Yeah. It just doesn't feel like it's he's automatic from forty in anymore. No, and, well, he missed one last week. Yeah. you know, uh, from that range, you know. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a tough one to pick. It is because history, of which you know we've we've spent some of the last you know what twelve plus months going through some old seasons, and we didn't. I think we left off in twenty eleven. Um, history says we lose this game. You know. But history says we lose the Stanford game, too. Um, I mean, I, we didn't talk about it last week on recording, but I thought about it after we stopped. Our history in, you know, weeknight conference games was terrible. Like, some just horrible blowouts and, you know, and just, you know, and, and we went and played well. I think we I think we discussed it after the fact. Yeah. Um, well, and, 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 and so, the UCLA game, playing and winning yes. a game in Southern California. Was... Right, right. You know, so... So as a, a nervous, you know, respecter of history, I try not to, to, you know, get too caught up in the, oh, we've never done this, so we never will, because that's crap. You know, I mean, teams do things all the time that, you know, they've never won a Super Bowl before, and then they win one. Or they've never done this, and then they do. Um, you know, and we've won big road games. I mean, we have. It's not like it's never happened. But, you know, the, the history says we go up there and look – look overmatched we commit dumb penalties we commit a couple turnovers uh we get down early and we can never catch up 
but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this team continues to buck that trend that they you know that they can win this game that Utah's not invincible and they're not uh, you know I wanna I wanna say that I said the same when we played UCLA like they're good but we're not going to the Coliseum in 2005 to play Leinart and Bush and White mm-hmm. uh, you know it's it's a good team but it's a beatable team they've already lost once this year mm-hmm. uh, you know so I'm gonna go I'm gonna I'm gonna go similar to you I think it's I think it's low scoring. I think it's a, in the words of Dickie V, a, a, you know, a Maylock smasher. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 20 to 13. We win. Yeah. I like I it. Think, you know, I think something like it, that seems to be the style we're going to play this year. Like, like the Stanford game. Maybe, you know, we have some explosive stretches, but we're probably not going to have a ton of games where we score, you know, 40 plus. Um, but if, you know, if we can get ahead and run the ball and play good defense, we don't need to. Yeah. And we could do that. That, you know, we we should be able to run the ball against them. I I believe that. Yeah. I mean, we've run it against most teams. Now Stanford, you know, I, I guess coming into the game and it proved true, bad run defense. I don't know what Utah's numbers are or how they back up. Utah's usually pretty good on defense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, shouldn't matter. We should be at the point, and I feel like we are getting there, where the opponent, for the most part, doesn't matter. Unless we, you know, end up going out there against Georgia or Alabama or Oklahoma or somebody like that, you know, the, the opponent should not matter. Look in conference. We've got just as much talent, I believe, as anybody in the conference. Yeah. Maybe not Oregon, but when you factor in Oregon's injuries and the like, maybe Oregon. Uh, you know, I mean, if Oregon was fully healthy, I'd say they probably are the most talented team, but they're not. They're not going to be. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's like, hey, uh, it shouldn't matter who the opponent is. We should go out and be able to beat them the rest yeah. of the season, I would say. Well, and Utah is allowing 130 rushing yards a game. So okay. Okay. I, I, I don't know what to say other than our running game should be good and it should be better than anyone Utah has played. Right. You know, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the key, I guess, for me is, is and we talked about USC a little bit earlier, and I texted you this, you know, Sunday morning. Like, did Utah figure something out in that route at USC? Did the light come on for them? Mm-hmm. Or is USC just good at making opponents look really good this year? Because <laughs> yeah. they did against Stanford, and Stanford really hasn't looked that good otherwise. Mm-hmm. They did against Oregon State, and then the last two weeks, Oregon State, you know, needed – I think overtime to beat Washington and then lost to Washington state. So like you come out of that game thinking, well, maybe Oregon state's really good. Like no, maybe USC just sucks. So, yeah. I mean, that's the question for me and there's not an answer to it yet. You know, did, did Utah figure it out or did they just play an opponent that isn't very good and is basically quit on the season? Could be a little of both, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it might be a little bit of both. It might. In mind. I I gotta say, you know, as much as I am always look forward to seeing USC play here, kind of wish we were playing them at the Coliseum this year because apparently going to the Coliseum is is like the tonic for everything that ails you. You go in there, you just you look like a you know a world beater. The, the, yeah, yeah, you look like a combination of the 1985 Bears and the 99 Rams. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you just can't be stopped. Yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like the more the more likely outcome is Utah figured out something. Yeah. But that we're, but, not enough. but we're just better. Like, 
it's, we should be. It's weird yeah. to say this, and, and and it it will probably come back to bite me because it certainly has when I've felt this way in the past. I know, me too. That's why I say but, I'm nervous about it, but I I, but, I think I know where you're going. But we we're better. We're we're better than the teams they've beaten. I yeah. think we're better than the teams they've lost to. Uh, you know, and, and I know yeah. that we our common opponents BYU, and that's not good because we both lost right. there. But but BYU beat them. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. And, and I feel like we should have beat BYU. We beat ourselves, yeah. and yeah, I agree. You know, and that that is, could happen that this is, week. Exactly. But, I was gonna say that is the you know the hundred thousand dollar question is what road ASU team do we get? Do we get BYU ASU road or do we get second half UCLA ASU road? Or if yeah. we get second half UCLA, we'll win the game. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm not concerned if we play like that. Yeah, but if we get first half UCLA, we'll lose. Right, right. Uh, you know, yeah. Now first half UCLA was still better than BYU, so yeah. incremental progress. We played two games on the road, and we we laid a pretty big egg in terms of just t- dumb mistakes and and penalties and everything you could imagine at BYU. First <laughs> half hard. UCLA was better. <laughs> it's hard to say that when you muff a punt after as time's about to expire and run out two kicks and get a 12 men on the field and that's somehow better than what we did at BYU and yet it was because we because we answered that was the one thing like the offense was good in the first half at UCLA yeah Uh, UCLA hit us a couple times and we answered back big plays we scored uh you know it felt like early on in that game it felt like it was hanging in the balance to turn into a route I mean they I think they were up seven nothing and and it was like, Ugh, I don't like what I see. And then we answered and we kept answering. And yeah, there were plenty of mistakes and things not to like. But we still went into halftime with the lead. And, yes. you know, and then in the second half, we looked great. So that is the key. Did we figure something out? Because let's not lie, the UCLA road environment, pretty tame compared to BYU and what we'll see in Utah. Absolutely. 40,000 people in a place that holds 100,000. So it's, it's, you know, it's not really a great comparison. There may well be 40,000 students at this game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not been, well, I shouldn't say that we've had some, we've had some very good performances at Utah since the conference, you know, since they joined the conference. I remember the the first, I think 2011 when Brock was the starter, we went up there and and beat him pretty soundly. Um, When we've played a lot of close games up there. We have, we have. I think it was 2017. I think it was the the weekend that you and I were at Ole Miss. We went to Utah and beat them convincingly. I remember we were following it because it started before our game, mm-hmm. and we were following it like, is this real? Are we are we really playing this well at, at Utah? But then I remember two years ago, Daniel's freshman year, when he was told, I mean, it was bad. That's probably the worst game he's played, mm-hmm. and. And I know he's a freshman, and Utah was good, and that, you know, but that memory just still like lingers in my brain just a little. That you know, he's he's got to be better. I would hope he will be. He's got a lot more experience now. He's been in tough environments against better teams, and you know, this is this is what you want a three-year starter to do. Give, yeah, give us your best game in the biggest moment. Yeah, this is Which as he's as shown he can do. Well, I was going to say, it. as you've pointed out. He, this is a legacy builder. The last, you know, last week was a legacy builder. UCLA was a legacy builder. If they keep winning, his numbers get better. I mean, look, I, 
he's inching out of the Manny Wilkins conversation now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And and should they keep winning and go to the Pac-12 championship game, he gets into the to the Taylor Kelly mix. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I, you know, we'll we'll have that discussion, I'm sure, after the season. Um, but but yeah, I mean, like it's as I said, you know, last week or the week before, or maybe both. You know, I've sort of realized that he's not going to be the, the you know Peyton Manning stat line guy. Um, yeah, but that's okay. You know, uh, if he can if he can be efficient and productive and winning, then he can still go down as a great ASU quarterback. Yeah, um, you know, but he's not going to be three hundred yards every night and four touchdowns a game. I mean, I think he's, gosh, how many passing touchdowns does he have this year? Four. Less than five, I think, right? He's four, four, four touchdowns, three picks. Yeah, so that doesn't, I mean, you look at that number and you think, wow, disappointing year. But that doesn't account for his rushing touchdowns, which he has several. Um, and and just, you know, he, he's steering the ship. And, 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 you know, as you pointed out last week, and you're right, the expectation was a little bit higher than just successfully steer the ship. Um, but ultimately, if he can steer us to 11-1 and one or something like that, then I don't think we'll remember him like that. We'll say, oh, man, that guy is one of the best quarterbacks we've ever had. So do you know, could, could you venture a guess, they are tied at 256 yards, who the two leading receivers are for ASU? Pearsall and Curtis Hodges? Correct. Okay. That well, is preseason. I wouldn't have expected it. <laughs> preseason? Yeah. Curtis Hodges, yeah. fifth-year senior tight end. Yeah. Ricky Pearsall yeah. recruited over every with year. The, with all the four-star guys we have. and uh, Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, they were the names that came to mind because the last two games, they've, been, they've both been very productive. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Daniels has gotten into a rhythm trusting the two of them which it just you know it hasn't always felt like he's trusted the others um bunkley shelton to an extent but never really with johnny wilson now i know he's been hurt the last two weeks so you know you can't can't blame him for not you know not seeing it the last two weeks but just never really felt like they've been in a total rhythm kind of johnny wilson feels to me like way back in the day when i was a huge david terrell fan mm-hmm. and he'd have a catch and i'd be like yeah he's coming into his own and then that'd be the only catch he had all game. Be like, well, he had that one play. That's mm-hmm. how that's how rooting for Johnny Wilson feels. Yeah, you see it. You see the yeah. thing you want to see. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's one glimpse that you're like, see, he's gonna be that. But over the course of you know seventy snaps in a game, you only see it like twice. Yeah. And I'm like, well, is he gonna be that? I don't. I don't know. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. But you know, hey. We talked about it before the season, and no, we didn't think it'd be those two. But we both said, you know, we just need we need a couple guys to really emerge as reliable targets. And the last couple weeks, it's been those two. And you know, maybe as they emerge, they start to take attention away, and maybe Bunkley Shelton emerges, or maybe mm-hmm. Andre Johnson. You know, or like, you know, we'll see how it how it plays out. But you know, it's it's working okay. Passing game isn't explosive. It's not, you know, Texas Tech with Patrick Mahomes. But I don't think anybody on this coaching staff wants it to be. Well, and that the other thing seem is, like we're, the way they want to play. We're not Georgia Tech. Like right. we can pass right. the ball. 
if we exactly. have to. Exactly. But, you we're, know, but we're, it's, we're serviceable. We're, we're more of a, you know, before this season, David Shaw Stanford team. Yes. You know, yes. we're, we're, a, going, uh, we're running to set up the run. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're passing to set up the run. We're running to set up the run. Right, we're, we're just right. running. That's what we do. Right. It's kind of, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like early 2010s. Now, this is, I want to be careful before I say this. They were better. But early 2010s Alabama with A.J. McCarron and the like. Like, you know, A.J. McCarron didn't throw for, you know, 40 touchdowns in a season like they have with Mac Jones or Tua. Or, you know, it's like, hey, just, you know, when we need you. You'll step up and make a play. But mm-hmm. more often, we're going to put the ball in the hands of Trent Richardson or Mark Ingram or Eddie Lacy or those guys. And, and you know, we're just going to count on you to, as I said about Daniels, steer the ship correctly. And it can work. And it is working so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, again, Alabama was better. They had, you know an offensive line full of NFL first round picks and, and, uh, you know, those running backs I mentioned, you know, Heisman trophy guys or first round, you know, like I'm not saying we're that good. Those teams won national titles. I don't see that for this team, but is that recipe with the talent we have good enough to win the PAC 12? I think so. This PAC 12, mm-hmm. maybe not 10 years ago, or maybe not 10 years from now, maybe not one year from now, but, but this year I feel like it is. Yeah. Well, we will be back to talk about this and whatever else tickles our fancy. Yes. Uh, yes. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.